Welcome to Day 303 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul. You're with Cindy and David, and we continue our journey in the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. And yesterday we covered the rich introduction of John, uh, where he speaks about Jesus' involvement in creation, his nearness to God, his equality with God, his eternal nature. He said so beautifully in so many ways. I love the way that John the Baptist expresses it. He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me speaking of the eternal nature of the Son of God, and no one has seen God except for the only Son who has come from God, and he has made him known to us. And of course, that's what we have in the Gospels, a rich revelation of God the Father through God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by God the Spirit. And so we continue in our journey through John today. We pick up again uh, with a couple more stories about John the Baptist and Jesus calling his disciples to himself. So we'll pick up in verse 29. But before we uh, pick up with our reading, uh, we always receive this moment as a holy moment, not just to uh, learn a few facts about Scripture and to marvel at the beauty of its literacy and uh, the portraits that it paints, but to be drawn into a deeper, uh, more compelling relationship with the Heavenly Father to be transformed by Him and to serve His purposes in the world. So before we uh, read, Cindy, why don't you uh, lift us up in prayer? Sure. Father, we do thank You um, for Your Word. We thank You for this Gospel. We thank You that John does paint so many um, beautiful pictures of um, Jesus and His interaction with people. And Father, we just ask that as we would read um, these words, Lord, that your spirit would allow them to sink deep into our hearts, Father, that our faith may um, be encouraged and strengthened and our love for you grow. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 29. Next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man comes after me who has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain as the one who baptized with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and had followed Jesus. First thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to them, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. 
How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were sitting under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, Do you believe because I told you I saw you under a fig tree? You'll see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So even though these are just kind of nice utilitarian stories about uh, John introducing Jesus, you know, to his mm-hmm. disciples and uh, mm-hmm. Andrew and uh, Philip following Jesus and Philip calling Nathaniel and Andrew calling Peter also, you know, to follow Jesus, uh, the language is so deeply rich, and you see so many of the Old Testament uh, images, you know, being fulfilled, mm-hmm. and that from the very introduction, you know, we're. Uh, you know, John says, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So as you read through this passage, what are uh, some of the things that have stood out? No, I love that line. And as you're saying, yeah, there's so many just descriptions of Jesus in this passage. He's the, he's the Lamb of God, the Messiah, the Chosen One, the, mm-hmm. the Son of God. You know, all these you know, are obviously pointing us back and to the Old Testament story and obviously with, with the Passover and, mm-hmm. and the lambs that would be sacrificed as substitutions for the sins of the people and then John saying, no, here's the true Lamb yeah. of God as he points to Jesus who will take away the sins of the people once and for all. And, and of course, that to, you know the whole idea of the Lamb of God was the you know, part of the Passover celebration you, know, you just uh, you know, highlighted, which was the initial act of salvation of God among his people where he rescued them from the powers of the darkness and the dominion of Egypt and from, from their God and from the clutches of people who were more powerful than they were, that were greater than they were, you know, who held them in bondage. And so they were rescued from bondage and uh, they are passed over, not because there are more righteous people, but because they've been covered by the blood of a lamb on their doorpost, which means that not that they didn't deserve judgment, but that mm-hmm. God reserved judgment mm-hmm. because of the blood of the lamb. And so you're introducing another big or the you know climactic move of salvation, which the Exodus event you know only anticipates. Mm-hmm. God's rescue of us from the dominion of power and darkness and our slavery through the blood of the Lamb slain. And then, of course, you have that nice little move in Revelation chapter 4 where, you know, John, same author, is caught up into heaven and sees the throne room of God. And he says, behold, the line of Judah. And he turned around, and it was a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. So you have this nice, nice, rich image. John's fitting so much into such one line, right? These are just, like I said, just utilitarian stories. He called this disciple, he called that disciple, and and all of these uh, things that that are happening. But each one of them has kind of a theological tone to it. Mm -hmm. I like the simple invitation that Jesus made twice. Super, super um, simple to the disciples, but when they were kind of intrigued by him, his invitation to just come and see, and I feel like the, that phrase is so loaded too, because there is a um, there is a being blind and and then seeing, but also coming to know him and then recognize who he is. And I just love that simple phrase. And and yet they did, and they and they stayed. So that was and, and of cool. course, that's the overall invitation of the Gospel of John. Uh, we mentioned this yesterday, uh, but he gives us his purpose statement. He said, many other signs were performed by Jesus while he was with mm-hmm. his disciples. These were written so that you might believe that Jesus is the mm-hmm. Messiah, and in believing in him, 
you might have life. And, and so the invitation is not just simply to hear the testimony about the Son of God. Right. It is to experience the life-changing presence of the Son of God. And, and so it's not you know simply a come and hear invitation. It is a come and see mm-hmm. invitation. And, of course, we're reminded of what the psalmist said, taste and see and know uh, that our Lord is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's rich. And I like as well as, you know, John seems to really understand you know, who he is, what God's called him to be as kind of this forerunner before Christ. And, and, and I love how you get kind of a, a different angle to kind of the baptism of Jesus at the start of this passage where John's talking about how there was this spirit, um, you know, hovering and, and remaining, which I think is a callback to kind of Genesis 1 where mm-hmm. in creation the spirit's hovering over creation and now kind of in this kind of restoration of creation through Christ is kind of redoing and, and reclaiming of everything, mm-hmm. putting back yeah. the way it's supposed to be. Here's the spirit again hovering over the one who's going to yeah. kind of recreate the, the heavens and the earth. So you have the initial act. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over you know, the face of the deep. And here you have, uh, you know, in the baptism, you know, God saying to John, the one whom you see, the Spirit come and, mm-hmm. and remain on. And then, of course, there's also that image, and, and remain on. Mm-hmm. Uh, spirit, you know, in the Old Testament was given for, you know, short burst of energy to serve God's purpose, but here is one who mm-hmm. has a spirit, and spirit is permanently indwelling and permanently working through, which, of course, will also be a gift. We'll see in, in John, you know, thir- you know in, in, in later chapters, 13, 14, mm-hmm. 15, and 16, uh, that we'll be given as well. The Holy yeah. Spirit remaining in us, hovering over new creation as you pointed out. And God's alluded to this, right? Like in, you know, we love to look at kind of Ezekiel 36 and these these kind of cues where God's saying like, I'm going to do a spirit work mm-hmm. moving f- at some point in the future. And, and then we see this beginning here in Jesus, which is so cool. To see. And there's nothing God has done in the New Testament that isn't richly portrayed in the Old Testament. But once we see how it is fulfilled in Christ and how it's fulfilled in us, through his spirit it exceeds even our expectations mm. you know of the old testament images mm-hmm. and then when um the disciples are kind of saying uh, we have found the one moses wrote about in the law i mean that is that reference back um and about whom the prophets also wrote jesus is now their son of joseph i mean i just think um yes it's huge this this is who the prophet and the law spoke of and then he's from nazareth and from joseph so it just kind of goes you know immediately to his humanity which i really appreciated too just yeah both his deity and his humanity no there there's a uh, if you just an, a nice little study you know just through the section you mm-hmm. know john 1 29 you know through the end of the chapter just the different titles given to jesus uh you know the uh, the lamb of god uh, you know, Rabbi, uh, let's see, uh, Messiah, mm-hmm. uh, the one Moses wrote about mm-hmm. uh, in in the law. Uh, you, you just have all of these, you know, kind of yeah. the son king of God, of the son of God, mm-hmm. the King of Israel. Mm-hmm. So you have you have seven different titles, you know, given you know to Christ in the short you know, period of time, but he is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament. You know scripture, mm-hmm. and you have to love. You know Nathaniel. Can anything good, you know, come out <laughs> exactly. of Nazareth? Nazareth <laughs> uh, which does, you know, give you a, a picture of how, you know, how 
scripture is being fulfilled in a very surprising way. But he is, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus refers to him as a sincere Israelite. In other words, he has searched the scripture. He's anticipating Messiah, but he's, he's looking for someone out of Bethlehem or someone mm-hmm. out of Jerusalem, not someone out of the margins. And, mm-hmm. and of course, what a beautiful picture of, you know, God is coming to us out of the margins. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, we even have him being crucified outside of the city so coming to us out of the margins and redeeming us mm-hmm. you know from out of the margins well even as well as old testament talks about you know this, this messiah coming from kind of the city of david bethlehem which is obviously where christ is born mm-hmm. and then later nathaniel does call him the king of israel you know so i don't know if he kind of got the lowdown like actually man he was born in bethlehem you know as this kind of line this true king Mm-hmm. From the line of David. I don't know. Speculation, maybe. Well, John has already told us that Jesus never needed the testimony of a man about a man because he knew very well what is in the heart of each man. And so it was very really revealing when he comes to Nathaniel. He said, you are, you are a true Israelite, and there is no you know, guile or no falseness mm-hmm. in you. And he said, how do you know me? They said, well, I saw you over there under the, under the fig tree. And, and just that, the very fact that he knew his heart and he knew his desire. He said, "You know, you are, you know, uh, you know, the Son of God." And, and you're revealing that. And Jesus said, "That that convinced you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> one Just day, wait. one day, you're going to see heavens opened up, yeah. and the Son of, you know, and angels ascending and descending. On the Son of Man, mm-hmm. you haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> He's just letting them know. No, right. uh, yeah, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess is the kind of angels ascending and descending kind of a callback to. Genesis 28 and kind of Jacob and the ladder to heaven and potentially Jesus no, yeah, being the, the vision yeah the mm-hmm. vision of the bridge between heaven and earth and of course mm-hmm. that's the whole idea of tabernacle and temple is a place where heaven meets earth and, and of course Jacob saw a vision of that and, and called the place holy but the person that makes that possible would be mm-hmm. you know Jesus Christ mm-hmm. uh, and stuff as the one who ascended and will um descend mm-hmm. or is the one who descended and will, will ascend mm-hmm. and yeah. will descend yeah you know, as well. <laughs> once again yes no it's so fun getting, just getting to see john and just the different perspective he gives us of jesus and his ministry and mm-hmm. and just fills in a lot of those gaps that we might not get in the other gospels it's a really fun gospel that really is mm-hmm. well david why don't you close us with a word of prayer absolutely now, father thank you so much for your word Um, how rich it is how wonderful it is Um, and may this be a word that we don't just study to know more facts or to understand the old testament more but may we marvel at at the wonder of of who christ is and and may our hearts be renewed and refreshed in that and so may we uh leave time in your word with with affections for you and affections for christ Um, thank you so much for the, the lamb of god who does take away the sins of the world, which which are our sins. So thank you for Christ. Um, thank you for his substitution in our place. Um, may that be good news for us today. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.